Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. The Cynic is a short dialogue between Lucian and a cynic that has for a long time and by many people been attributed to the author Lucian. There's others who would say that it's not actually by him, it's by somebody that they just label as pseudo Lucian, which means we don't know who it is, but it's not him. And the main argument for why that would be the case is that the cynic actually comes out pretty good in the dialogue and is able to respond to everything that Lucian is saying. Whereas in some of his other dialogues, he makes fun of at least some cynics and says that they're kind of, you know, hypocrites and they're not really behaving according to their ideology. But it's very interesting in this dialogue, we're getting a very lucid presentation of the way of living and way of thinking of the cynics. Now, whether it's by Lucian or not by Lucian, we can put that aside and say that this is of interest in part because it turns on the central issue for the cynics of what does a human being really need? What do they have want of, you could say, and what constitutes sufficiency for them? and indeed self-sufficiency or autarkia, the ability to live on one's own. The dialogue begins by Lucian calling the cynic to give an account of himself. And, you know, Lucian doesn't pull any punches as a character in this, or if he is the author, as the author. He says, you need to tell us why you behave the way that you do. I mean, look at you. You don't have anything. You're begging from people. You stink. Your hair is all unkempt. You've got that rough cloak, bushy beard. You're really a mess, man. You're, you're, you're like a homeless guy. And indeed, cynics very often were. So he says, your feet are bare. You chose a wandering outcast, beastly. And that's an important term. Beastly animalistic life. So, you know, why are you doing it? What's the point of all of this? He says, your old cloak has a plentiful load of filth to carry about with it. And the response given by the cynic is, is very simple. And he's going to explain this along the way. It meets my needs. It was easy to come by and it gives its owner no trouble. It is the cloak for me. And then he says, don't you call extravagance a vice, an economy of virtue. And he says, if you find me living economically and others extravagantly, why are you blaming me? Why are you complaining about me? Why are you criticizing me instead of criticizing them? So already here, we've got an argument in favor of the cynic lifestyle. And then the cynic kind of turns the, the tables on Lucian and us, the readers. And he says, let's be philosophical about this. What is want? What is it to be in need, to be destitute? What is sufficiency? And he says, the cynics actually enjoy sufficiency. And he's saying this in response to the other guy saying, your lifestyle isn't just 
wanting. It's destitution. You're as broke as you can get. You've got garments and they're dirty and stinky and probably lice infested. You are the epitome of lacking things. And so he, he says, okay, a man's sufficiency is that which meets his necessities. And want occurs when the supply falls short of necessity, does not meet the need. So then the question here is, well, what does the cynic actually need? And this is based on the question of what does a human being need? And the cynics thought that we human beings quite often get very confused about this and think that we need things that we don't. And he's got a really interesting line of reasoning here talking about protection. When we ask people, well, what do you actually need? What are your bare necessities? They'll say, well, you know, I need clothing. I need, you know, a roof over my head. I don't have to actually own it. I could just be renting it or hanging out in it, but I need that sort of thing. And we can say, well, what do you need those for? For protection. And the cynic says, what do you need protection for? What is the purpose of protection? And this is kind of a, a place where, you know, a lot of us would stop short, but it's, it's kind of a no brainer. What do we need protection for? To preserve things from being damaged. He says, it's the better condition of the protected. You know, think about when you park your car in a garage or a carport, that's to keep crap from falling on top of it, like tree limbs or hail or rain. Here's where the cynic gets very, we could say, very focused on classic examples. He says, look at my feet, buddy. Are my feet in worse condition than yours? I'm walking around barefoot. You have nice shoes. What's the purpose of feet? Is it to smell nice? Is it to stick and wiggle your toes around or something like that? No, it's to walk around. That's the whole point of feet. Am I any less able to walk around with my lifestyle than you are with yours? As a matter of fact, I think I might be in better shape than you are for walking around. He says, what about the rest of my body? If it's in worse condition, it must be weaker, strength being the virtue of the body. Is my body weaker? And, you know, he's talking to somebody, the cynic is somebody who ranges all around, who does physical exercises, who has made his body tough. And Lucian has to say, no, your body seems to be just fine. And he says, what about my eating habits? You know, if I'm eating bad food, that should damage my body, right? But I seem to be healthy to you, don't I? Even though I'm eating simple food, even though I'm eating whatever I can get and whatever, you know, I can procure and make cheaply. So he says, this proves that my way of living is indeed satisfying my needs. I'm in good condition. You, on the other hand, I'm not quite sure about. So this is interesting. This then opens up the door to another challenge. Notice how Lucian frames this. He says, well, okay, that's quite true. And you are in good shape, but you're not really making good use out of life. I mean, here's this wonderful frame. He says, nature and the gods have given us the earth and brought all sorts of good things out of us, providing us with abundance, not merely for our necessities, but for our pleasures. But you cynics, you abstain from all or nearly all of it. And you utilize these good things no more than the beasts. You drink water. You don't drink wine like the rest of us. You eat what you pick up like a dog. And the dog's bed is as good as yours. Straw is good enough for both of you. Your clothes are no more presentable than a beggar. So what's wrong with you? I mean, look at all the wonderful things that we have that we can enjoy. You say that you're honoring God, but really you are acting like somebody who thinks they're better than God. 
you're passing up all these great things. God must have been wrong in making sheep woolly, right? We can make nice wool clothes out of the things that we get from the sheep. Filling grapes with wine, or juice at least. Providing our infinite variety of oil, honey, and all the rest that we might have food of every sort. Pleasant drink, money, soft beds, fine houses, and all the wonderful paraphernalia of civilization. The productions of art are God's gifts to us too. Why would you want to live without that stuff? You could enjoy a great life. And the cynic says, okay, I'm going to give you a analogy here. So imagine, as he says, a rich man indulging genial, kindly instincts entertains at a banquet, all sorts and conditions of men. So there's all, everybody invited to the party. Some of them are sick. Others are healthy. And the dishes provided are as various as the guests. So this sounds like a great dinner party, doesn't it? And he says, there's one of these to whom nothing comes amiss. He has his finger in every dish. Not only the ones with an easy reach, but also some that are way off that were intended for invalids. This, though he's in good health, has not more than one stomach, requires little to nourish him, and is likely to be upset by a surplus. What's your opinion of this person? Is this an intelligent person? So what we've got here is somebody who's at the banquet. He's eating everybody's dishes, kind of willy-nilly, and some of them are made for invalids and some of them are for healthy people. He's actually probably going to make himself unhealthy in the process, isn't he? And he's taking from other people who should have that sort of meal. And, you know, Lucian says, no, this is stupid. He says, is he temperate? No, not that. And then he says, okay, now imagine another guest. He's unconscious of all that variety. He finds some dish that's close by that suits his need, eats moderately of it, confines himself to it without a glance at all the rest. Isn't he a more temperate, a more self-controlled person and a better man than all the others. Lucian says, yeah. And then the cynic says, duh, that's me. I am the temperate man. You're the one who needs a bit of everybody else's stuff. I don't need that. There's no reason why I have to take wine if, if I don't have to have it. I'm cool with laying down like a dog and sleeping if I get good sleep. That's the measure here. Not that I have to try to take everything I can. And then he actually says, you make bad use of things. You are like the greedy, unrestrained person who lays hands on everything. You can't be content with the stuff that's nearby. You have to like get stuff from overseas. You know, you're not content with the local grains or legumes or wine. You have to order it from Egypt and all sorts of other places. And so he says, you prefer the exotic to the homegrown, the costly to the cheap, the rare to the common. You would rather have troubles and complications than avoid them. And, And you're getting them. Because all the things that you're looking for, the gold, the silver, the costly houses, the elaborate dresses, all of that is bringing trouble and toil and danger, blood and mortality and ruin. Other people have to suffer. When you get these things, you fight with people about them. That's no life for a reasonable person. That's actually kind of a sucky life. And he says, it's purposeless. It's pointless. Why? Because the things that you have, the luxuries, the money, the special food, the sexual indulgence... They're not actually getting you anything particularly good. He says, embroidered clothes have no more warmth in them than others. In our day, what would we call it? Designer clothing. For the purpose of 
wearing clothing, the cheap generic brand is probably as good as the designer item. It just doesn't have the monogram on it, you know, which is often embroidered. He says, gilded houses keep out the rain no better. The drink, this is a wonderful phrase, is no sweeter out of a silver cup or a gold one for that matter, right? And as to the elaborate dressing of food, I need hardly say that instead of aiding nutrition, it injures the body and breeds disease in it. And we could think about, you know, the use of sugar throughout the ages and how much sugar is in some of the products that we don't even realize it's in or high fructose corn syrup or excessive salt or, and we can go down the list, right? All these things that are in our food that we don't need if we actually eat simple, healthy food. It talks about the abuse of the the sexual instinct. The cynic said it's pretty easy to satisfy it. You can do it by yourself, right? Or you can find anybody. You don't have to let it dominate you. He says so easily managed if indulgence were not made an object. And here he talks about perverting the uses of things, misusing things according to unnatural purposes. And he makes fun of this guy for getting carried around on a litter. We could make fun of people in our own time for needing an SUV or taking some fancy transportation instead of catching the bus or the train or using your, as we used to call them, leather personnel carriers, meaning your boots. You know, cynics, of course, are walking barefoot, but in our environment, we'd probably need boots, right? You can do all that sort of stuff. And he also talks about another really interesting example. He says, when people use edible things, not for food, but to get dye out of the murex dyers, the people who would get purple out of this shellfish, are they not abusing God's gifts? Lucian says, no, no, you can use it for that purpose. And the cynic says, it wasn't made for that. The shellfish was not made to have its essence extracted from it, killing it in the process so that you can dye things purple and look cool. <laughs> you know, because of that. And so there's a number of examples that he gives about that. The cynic also goes on the counterattack saying, you know, if, if your complaint was on target, you would be the one who's actually going after the gods because the gods don't need a single thing. That's part of why they're gods. As a matter of fact, it's not just gods. It also includes heroes and demigods. He uses Hercules or Heracles, who is a prime example for the cynics. Uh, he says, take Heracles, the best man who ever lived, rightly reckoned to God. Was it wrongheadedness that made him go around in nothing but a lion's skin, insensible to all the needs you feel? No. He was not wrong-headed, who righted other people's wrongs. He was not poor, who was lord of land and sea. Wherever he met, he was master. He never met his superior or equal as long as he lived. If he wanted to have sheets and shoes and million women and purple dye, and he could have had any of that sort of stuff, but he didn't. Instead, he did the things that he thought were important, and he used the bare necessities for his body. Theseus, he talks about, son of Poseidon, and others as well, you know, like that time. He says, I want to be like those guys. I want to be self-sufficient. I want to grow a beard. You know, female cynics would not do that. But the cynic's aspiration is to have complete self-sufficiency like a hero or a god. And so their uniform is part of that. That's what allows them to live this godlike existence, as well as following principles, relying on reason and deliberation. 
And here he contrasts his own way of living with that of Lucian and other people. He says that, you know, you're never happy with anything. You know, when it's winter, you want it to be summer. When it's summer, you want it to be winter. You're fastidious and peevish like invalids. With them, it makes sense because they're actually sick, but you've just got a sick character. You make fun of us when we make mistakes and practice and you tell us that we should change our plan and correct our principles, but you don't actually have any principles. You just go and do things kind of at random. You follow your habits. You follow your appetites. You don't follow reason and deliberation. Instead, you're just changing your plan of life all the time. And he says, you're no better than people washed about by a flood. They drift with the current. You with your appetites. You let your appetites lead you. And then he tells this story about a person on a vicious horse. He says, the horse ran away with him. And at the pace it was going, he could not get off. A man in the way asked him where he was off to. And he says, wherever the horse is going, wherever the beast chooses. And he says, so if a person asked you where you were bound for, if you cared to tell the truth, you would say wherever your appetites choose, or in particular, where pleasure chose today, where fancy chose tomorrow, where avarice chose another day, sometimes rage, sometimes fear, sometimes any other feeling. You don't have control over your own life. And then he says, it's even worse. You don't just ride one horse, you're riding a whole bunch of horses and they take you all over the place. They're carrying you straight for pits and cliffs, but you don't realize that until the fall comes. I'm not doing that. I'm doing something different. I am living a consistent life that to go back to the key idea allows me to enjoy sufficiency, allows me not to feel need. My needs are fully met. I'm not destitute. And it's precisely because I'm not taking on too much. I'm not allowing myself to desire the things that you desire foolishly. And so the cynic is saying this is the lifestyle that one needs to live if you really want to enjoy sufficiency and freedom from want or need. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.